Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we are continuing our series on a biblical response to heresy, a biblical response to heresy. And we define heresy as those teachings that are contrary to the biblical teachings that we found in scriptures. And heresy is not always overt. It's not always apparent. The devil knows how to mix some lies with truth. And on the surface, heresy may seem like it's good doctrine. It may seem, in some cases, logical. But what we realize is that the devil knows how to be crafty. And the devil knows how to mix a little bit of cyanide with the drink. So we that are followers of Jesus Christ, we have to be ready. We, we, we have to be studied. We have to be prepared to recognize heresy before we can deal with heresy. So those teachings that are contrary to the will of God, those teachings that are in opposition to what the Bible is actually saying, those are classified as heresy. Bad teachings, teachings that are unhealthy versus godly teaching, which is sound. And that word sound in the English when found in the Greek is hugeis, which literally means healthy. So the kind of teaching God gives us is healthy teaching versus unsound teaching, which is heresy. And the unsound teachings are sickly. If God's teaching is healthy, then unsound teaching make you sick. And it will make you sick. It will... Uh, bring you further away from the will of God. It'll make you dispirited. It'll make you confused. It'll um, give you sleepless nights because you're not in the will of God. If you remember, Jesus himself says, uh, there will be those that come and say, uh, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? Did I not healing your name. Uh, and I'm going to say, I'm paraphrasing, Jesus says, he's going to say, depart from me, I never knew you, O worker of iniquity. Just because they, people use the name of Jesus doesn't necessarily mean we're talking about the same Jesus. Just because someone is articulate doesn't necessarily mean what they're teaching is biblical. As we recognize uh, from the scriptures. So we need to be careful that whatever uh, people say in terms of theology, that we read the Bible for ourselves and test the spirit by the spirit. And this is why I, I always encourage all of you that listen to us, take what I'm saying 
and sift it by the word of God. Make sure that uh, what I'm sharing with you is biblical. And no one should take offense when a Christian uh, goes back to the scriptures to ascertain whether or not the statement that he or she have heard is in sync with the rest of scripture. The way that cults get people is they isolate them and they uh, give them the information they want to give them. And they give them their own literature and say, only uh, read this. Don't read that. Don't, don't, don't look at what other people are saying. And, and they give them and they funnel all of this false information into their worldview. And uh, they eventually are able to get them to uh, acquiesce, get them to believe falsehoods. And we don't want to be in that category. So in the scriptures, Galatians 2.14, Peter's compelled, uh, he compelled Gentiles to practice uh, Judaism's custom, as we talked about on the previous episode. Uh, This is Paul speaking when he says, but when I saw that they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, see, the truth of the gospel, this is Paul's contention with Peter at that time. I said to Cephas in the presence of them all, if you being a Jew live like the Gentiles, and not like the Jews, how is it that you compel the Gentiles to live like the Jews? So Paul is saying it was hard enough for Jews to carry uh, these practices that God didn't give them, but they wanted to be so holy that they started adding to the original Ten Commandments. They started interpreting things like the Sabbath in a way that God didn't condone, but they instituted it. Religiosity became more important than relationship, whereas when the Son of Man arrived, their religion was more important than listening to the Son of Man and his kingdom of God agenda. So Paul is saying, why are you prescribing to these new converts, these new Christians who happen to be Gentiles, why are you adding an unnecessary load on them, uh, teaching them to live like the Jews when even the Jews couldn't keep up with all of the uh, legalism that they had adopted? So Paul's saying that's false teaching. That's heretical teaching where you're teaching people that you're not saved unless you eat this certain type of food. You're not saved unless you are uh, physically circumcised. You're not saved unless uh, you, you, you wear these type of clothes. And so even in contemporary times, we see evidence of this, where people start adding to salvation things that God hadn't even prescribed. People say sometimes you're not saved unless you have this charisma, unless you're able to dance a certain way inside of church, unless uh, you... you uh, Put on makeup this certain type of way, unless your dress is a certain length, unless you uh, give all this money. All of these examples are false the- theological representation of heresy. God never said all those things. This is what God does say. For by grace are ye saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. He didn't add all of these other things to it. And then what the scriptures do tell us is 
we need to have our own uh, self-check. We need to practice our own introspection. We need to make sure that God has a hold on us, all of us. Only God knows if a person's heart is truly circumcised. The sheep hears his voice and the shepherd knows who belongs to him. So just because I say I'm a Christian, I can fool you, but I can't fool God. So what am I saying? I'm saying God has given us a prescription for salvation. And that prescription is clear that if we confess with our mouth, the Lord Jesus believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. And then Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tells us that it's not by works. The work has already been performed on the cross. That's what we call the atonement. The work has already been performed. Our job is to believe through faith that Christ came and died for our sins and that we are ready and open to make him Lord and Savior of our lives. And through that confession and through that growth process, through sanctification, we are able to produce good fruit. And it's those fruit that other people are able to take notice and say, you know, uh, this person is different. This person is different. This, this person, uh, their walk seems to be matching up with their talk. That's good theology. Not the other stuff that people are coming up with. Let's look at Acts 15, where they argued that Gentiles could not be saved unless they were circumcised. It says in Acts 15, some men came down from Judea, began teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had a heated argument and debate with them, the brothers determined that Paul and Barnabas and some others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and and elders concerning this issue. Therefore, after being sent on their way by the church, they were passing through both Phoenicia and Samaria describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles, and they were bringing great joy to all the brothers and sisters. When they arrived in Jerusalem, they were received by the church, the apostles and the elders, and they reported all that God had done with them. But some of the sect of the Pharisees who had believed stood up, saying it is necessary to circumcise them and to direct them to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and the elders came together to look into this matter. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days, God made a choice among you, that by mouth the Gentiles will hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, testified to them, giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he also did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them, cleansing their hearts by faith. Since this is the case, why are you putting God to the test by placing upon the neck of the disciples a yoke which neither our forefathers nor we have been able to bear. But we believe that we are saved through grace of the Lord Jesus Christ in the same way as they also are. All the people kept silent, and they were listening to Barnabas and Paul as they were relating all the signs and wonders that God had done through them among the Gentiles. So this is a narrative, a highlight of the occurrences of the early church, what was going on in terms of uh, theological uh, parameters. So 
in the early church, false uh, uh, doctrine or heresy did not escape them. Since the birth of the church, we've always had to deal with false theology. So here we are, those who came from a Pharisaic background, who um, were professed believers, men and Christians, who, those Pharisees who decided to follow Jesus, they couldn't let go of their legalism. Just like some of us, God has saved some of us, and we can't let go of the things that we were connected to when we were in the world. And I'm not talking about everything. I'm talking about some things, some things that doesn't cross over, right? There are some uh, associations, civic associations we could, could have been involved in, uh, and they practice some things that are contrary to Scripture. And those things we have to let go. And so these Pharisees, they couldn't let go of the legalism, even though they had uh, confessed Christ and they were um, willing to follow after Christ. They wanted to bring the legalism into Christianity. And Peter made it clear, uh, clear that all it takes for someone to be saved is for their hearts to be set on Christ, for them to confess through faith. That is the requirement is the confession through faith and the belief in the heart, not the physical practices that they themselves couldn't keep in Judaism. So these were called the Judaizers, uh, those uh, believers who wanted to bring in Jewish legalism into Christianity. And Peter is saying that's heresy, that's bad theology, that's bad teaching. And the, rea- and the truth of the matter is, Sometimes we don't know what we don't know. Let me say that again. Sometimes we don't know what we don't know. And what I mean by that is uh, if you haven't studied the scriptures and someone is telling you something that is biblical, but your previous interpretation was not biblical, You think the person telling you the truth is wrong when in reality you could be wrong. But because you haven't studied the way that you ought to, you don't even know that it's wrong. You assume you're right when you could not be right. So it's very important that we test the spirit by the spirit, that we study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman who need not be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of God. Again, We got to be ready. We have to be ready. And in Galatians uh, chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, there is a warning against other gospels. So it's bad theology for individuals to promote plurality or, or polytheism. That's heresy. Anybody that promotes uh, polytheistic doctrine or pluralistic doctrine um, should be categorized as a heretic because God says, I'm a jealous God. And by that statement, what he's saying is, I don't want you to uh, give to others the worship that I alone deserve. I don't want you to give energy towards other things when that energy ought to be set on me. And really, Uh, What God is saying is, I created everything, 
And in polytheistic doctrine and pluralistic doctrine, what happens is they confuse the creator with the created. So when we worship other people, God is saying, why are you worshiping something I created when you ought to be worshiping me? When we worship other things, God is saying, why are you worshiping those things when you ought to be worshiping me? And all of our energy ought to be caught up in what does my father think? What does God desire for me to do? And in knowing God, we are able to properly treat other people the way they need to be treated. And we're able to properly place other things the way that it needs to be placed. The priorities in our life all line up when we start following God and accepting Christ as our Lord and Savior. Things fit together better. And it fits the way it needs to fit because God is in control. In Galatians uh, chapter 1, we are reminded of this concept of another gospel, which is heresy. Those that teach that, that there are other gods. Those that teach that there are other ways to salvation. Uh, Paul um, is even dealing with this in the first century. He said, I am amazed. Galatians 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 6 Paul says, I'm amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ. And that's my admonition to all of you that are listening. Be careful. Be careful that we don't uh, give in to the philosophies of men. Be careful that we're not subscribing to humanism. Be careful that we're not led astray just because someone is eloquent, just because someone can break down a sermon uh, uh, that sounds good. Just because something sounds good or something tastes good doesn't mean necessarily that it's good for you. So Paul, writing to the early church, says, I'm surprised that you are leaving him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel which is not another account, but there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even we, or an angel from heaven, if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. As we have said before, even now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you have received, he is to be accursed. So Paul is not treating this issue of heresy lightly. Anyone that teaches heresy is already condemned. That's what Paul is saying. Anyone who is preaching false theology is already accursed. Anyone who is teaching others things that are not true according to Scripture is already accursed. God has already condemned them unless they repent. So it's important that we don't minimize the dangers of heresy. Heresy will take you further away from God than you expected. Heresy lowered the standard of God's um, presence. And when we live below the standards, that displeases God. So heresy has hurt many people. And I've given previous examples of how heresies has uh, pushed people out of the church doors 
because people were preaching inconsistent gospels. Gospels that were not supported by God himself. Just because it's good good music inside the church, just because the preacher is eloquent, just because people seem to be friendly, doesn't necessarily mean that the theology is sound. And God is interested in the truth, not in our emotions. It's a lot of things that gets us emotional and gets us connected to the emotionalism. And that's nothing wrong with being emotional because God gave us emotions. But when emotions override the intellect, we find ourselves in trouble. And we can't just be intellectual. God is not saying that either. But whatever God has given us, whether it's our intellect or whether it's our emotions, through the Holy Spirit, he's able to balance it out for us. So we're not too extreme. We're not so robotic or, or that, that we start looking like uh, Dr. Spock from Star Trek, nor are we so emotional that uh, every, every time people are around us, we're breaking down. The Holy Spirit has a way of the perfect blend of using our mind and our emotions for the glory of God. And never since the first century, the devil has been busy. He's been busy trying to entrap us. He's been busy trying to confuse us. He's been busy trying to dilute the, um, the fervor that we had when we first accepted Christ. And he's on his job. And let me say it as clearly as possible. As clearly as possible. We're now in an environment where the devil has influenced people of position and he's convinced very smart people that he doesn't exist because we're now in the age of scientism. And what scientism argues is that uh, all truth claim, unless they can be verified by science, if a truth claim cannot be verified by science, then it's not true. Unless we can verify with our five senses, they claim it's not true. And that's the issue we have in today's culture. People don't want to believe in God. They don't want to believe in the metaphysical. They don't want to believe in the things they can't hear, see, smell, touch. They, they, they don't want to believe it. But whether you believe it or not, God is real. And God sent his son, Jesus the Christ, to die for our sins. That is both a historical fact and a spiritual fact. So Jesus coming down into the annals of history is evidence that God is who he said he is. And as long as we trust God through faith, as long as we read the Bible to know more about him and to, and to accept his son, Jesus as Lord, then we can speak with clarity. Then our lives will be placed the way it needs to be placed. But as long as we listen to the noise, we listen to the periphery, we listen to people who are finite, we find ourselves in trouble when those things that they say contradict the word of God. Well, our time has come to a close. And we thank you for listening as always. If you would like to give, please go on our website, srministries.org. And we love all of you. And we pray him for you. 
continue to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Hey everybody, I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kynos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word kynos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.